Hey, everybody. Hey, Arc- everybody. Oh, wait. There you go. RK what? here. It's Squeezer. And Squeezer's here, too. He's a little low. Hold on. I'm going to get you boosted Sorry. up. Sorry. Let me talk. Yeah, there you go. There I am. This is something we should have sound checked beforehand. Well. <laughs> I should have, I running mean, the board. Usually you run the board. But uh, not this time. And when I do my sound checks, you you mock my my. I do. I enjoy exercises. That. That's my fun part of my day. It's really just me clearing out my throat because all that mac and cheese I eat kind of you know starts to build up. So it's almost summer, and we released our summer memories. And last week, I talked about you know some junk food news. I got more news, but I got a little update. Yeah. Uh, so I went to, I was just at the grocery store. I'm going to Firefly Music Festival down in Dover this weekend. So I don't know what kind of camping I'll be doing down there because of another vacation. Yeah, I mean, seriously, the situation at hand uh, down there. So I was in the grocery store. I was at a giant grocery store, which is a local one here. And I looked for those weird fun dips. I couldn't find them. I was going to make you taste them for me. Uh, the like the the tamarind and like, uh, cucumber lime ones and stuff. Oh yeah, yeah you don't remember? You, did you listen to last week's podcast? Yeah, no, oh. I remember. Oh okay. I just I don't think you did. It just seems odd. Like I want it. It doesn't feel like there should be enough like flavor in that. Like if I'm gonna have something sugary, like I need it like punching me in the face. Versus you know like well, last cucumber. week you said it. It sounded refreshing. Mellow. I mean, last week you said it sounded refreshing. Yeah, I just said that. Refreshing. But if I'm going to have something that's sugary, I, it, <laughs> I feel like it wouldn't match up. Probably not. But I, we're going to have to find it and try it and let the people know. I, ha- I, right, I but did not I'm going to hold you responsible for me being fat. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to buy these squeezer. And you can blame me for being fat all you want, but someone's got to taste this stuff. I'll taste the cereal and an update on that. I have not found... The Cocoa Puffs ice cream scoop cereal, but I got a hot tip from our Instagram friend, Get a Shovel, who's a listener. He said he found, he saw it at Weiss, so I'm going to try and get to a Weiss supermarket, which there's like five within a mile vicinity of me, and and find it. But I did find the Apple Cinnamon Toast Crunch cereal. It is delicious. Apple Cinnamon Toast, there's a lot going on there. Yeah. So, in fast food junk news, did you know, I mean, I've never eaten here in my life because you know I don't eat seafood, but Long John Silver's is now selling uh, deep-fried Hostess Twinkies. That's brilliant. Right, I guess so. I, I don't know, it's, it's kind of carnival food, though. It is, but, you know. But now you can have it all the time? Yeah. Hmm. So, I know there is a Long John Silver's by our studio. You want to go? Well, I want you to try. <laughs> Why? I'm sure it probably has more nutritional value than their fish. Yeah, probably. Um, also on shelves, you and I are fans of Moe's uh, Mexican. I guess it's yeah. called considered fast casual. Um. Yes. They have a line now of a freezer frozen food section uh, breakfast bowls, Mexican Southwest Grill breakfast bowls. So they're branching out into that. Uh, So spotted on shelves, Post released a honey-made s'mores cereal. And this looks like there used to be a s'more cereal that we ate back in the day 
that was delicious. And this looks like it's basically almost golden grams with um, like little cocoa puffs and marsh marshmallows in it. So Ugh. yeah, a lot of I don't sugar. like marshmallow. I don't even like s'mores. You don't? I don't like s'mores. You're talking to the guy that like you know would live outdoors and lived on in a campground for right. That's four your thing. Summers straight, and I am not a fan of. Huh. I'm not a fan of the s'mores. No I'd rather I'd rather eat just graham crackers and chocolate separately <laughs> and just burn the marshmallows because they're fun to watch melt. Yeah. But well, that's, yeah. Marshmallows, it's a texture thing, I think. Part of the triad there. Anyway. Uh, so that's all I've got. You have, uh, you have a news clip here, it looks like. Uh, yeah, let's see. Do you remember there was a certain event that took place on June 17th, 1994? It, not many people remember this happening. Watch from Sky 11, this 1993 Ford Bronco. We do know that this is the vehicle that belongs to Al Cowlings, former pro football player himself, a longtime friend of O.J. Simpson. O.J. Simpson, when he was preparing to surrender this morning to be picked up by LAPD and taken to Parker Center. So, what was this? To his mother. Um, this was the right, development, so right? The, there's this guy, <laughs> and he and was his, an actor friend. in some of the Naked Gun movies. Oh, okay. Um, and was it I Nielsen? Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, his wife, or separated wife, I don't know, and her boyfriend kind of fell onto his knife. Oh, yeah. that'll happen. Um. I mean, he Especially didn't. during sex. He wrote a book saying he didn't. So I believe. I him. thought he wrote a book saying he did do it. Uh, that's because uh, the Goldmans got the rights to that book and then changed the title. So the I was very, very, or the uh, if. the didn't part. No, I think it was very, called If I Did It. I Did It? If it, was, it was called If I Did It. If. Okay. Thank you. So the if it was, was very, 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 very tiny. And it was just I did it. <laughs> I did it. Yeah. Well, I mean, karma. I mean, if he did do it, karma got to him. He's in prison. Didn't he? Did he die yet? No. In fact, he is up for parole. Ah. <clears throat> it's. Uh, yeah, that was that was. I mean, I remember I, we would watch that in the trial in school all the time because the teachers didn't feel like teaching, so they just rolled that TV in there that at a forty-five degree angle with a ratchet strap on it that's about to crush our tiny little sixth-grade heads. And uh, we would just sit there and watch the O.J. trial all the time. Jeez. Well, O.J. aside, <clears throat> some sad news happened this past weekend. Now, I'm going to prep. Yeah. I'm going to give a preamble. We planned on doing an all-Batman episode. We teased it on last week's uh, before this happened. Uh, Adam West passed away at the age of 88 on Saturday. Lived a long life. He was our first Batman. I had these picks. These picks were made before Adam West passed away. We, in yeah. fact, recorded half of this show last week before Adam West passed away and decided we were, gonna, we were running late on time. We decided to wrap it up and try, try again this week. And then Saturday, Adam West passed away. This was all just coincidental. Yeah. But he was our first Batman. And he um, never shied away from the fact that that was his defining role. He could have been really bitter about it. Right. Um, like like many actors are that get typecast in their roles like that. He was he beloved. Wasn't. He was. He was beloved, and he got to record, uh, play the role one more time in the animated movie 
uh, the Cape Crusader Returns, uh, which was fantastic. We almost got to see him in the debut of that at Comic-Con, New York Comic-Con last year. From a distance. From a distance. <clears throat> we were in his presence. Yes. Yeah. We, were, we were within the same room, if that room is the Javits Center. Yeah. So with that being said, it's <clears throat> time for my first pick. And this was picked, I'm telling you, you, you might not believe me, but this was picked prior to him passing away. Uh, my first pick. The shark repellent bat spray. And there's, uh, I, I love how when Robin reaches for it, there's like five or six other animal repellent bat sprays in the rack. It's my favorite scene in the whole movie. It is. It's a great one. That movie yeah. was and fantastic. It was originally supposed to be out before the series as a way to promote it, but they fast-tracked the series, so it came out after the first season of the Bill Dozier 1966 Batman series and featured... The four um, united underworld, uh, four criminals, uh, uh, of course, R Cesar Romero's Joker, who refused to shave his mustache, so they just put the makeup <laughs> over it, and it was, it was great. I have a pop figure now that has the mustache underneath the makeup of, of that Joker. Uh, the brilliant, brilliant uh, Frank Gorshin Joker, I'm sorry, Riddler. Uh, the, again, brilliant Burgess Meredith Penguin. And... There was a couple cat women in the series, um, but Lee, May May uh, Lee Mayweather played the Catwoman in this, in this movie because Julian, I guess Julian Newmar, uh, Lee Merriweather, <coughs> Merriweather, Julian Newmar and Earth, well, Eartha Kitt was yet to play Catwoman, but Julian, Julian Newmar was not available. So Lee Merriweather played her in Kitka. Miss Kitka. Miss Kitka. I want to go just real quick back to that scene. My favorite part about it, though, is the unnecessary acrobatics that Robin has to perform to hand him. Oh, yeah. The yeah. shark repellent. Right. Like putting his knees in and hanging from the rope ladder. Right. Like, like that was a stunt. It was like great. That was an intense, oh, my God, he's hanging. And then after I saw that, I remember I had a rope ladder in my treehouse. You wanted to try and that? I would just do that constantly. <laughs> The soundtrack was it for it was really good. Um, do you remember the the they had oh, yeah. they had a huge budget so they had special bat vehicles made they had the bat cycle which was just behind a bush in the middle of I think a well desert. he knew that they would need the motorcycle right then and there right at that random time. There was like, the I want to see what happens <laughs> if just some random kids are just walking along the side of the road and find a bat. If you and I were just walking down that road and saw a bat cycle in the bushes, mm -hmm. yeah, we're going to get hurt. Right. And then and he shows up and it's not there. Right. And then oh, the movie can't Damn it, Robin, where is the bat cycle? <laughs> it was my best out of West. <laughs> it wasn't too good. So then there was the bat copter, which was the shark scene, of course. Mm -hmm. Then there was the bat boat. <clears throat> which was also really cool, which it would later have in uh, 
that have a, a bat jet in Batman, the original 89 Batman, but then in Batman Returns, they had the bat jet, the bat, bat boat. I'm sorry, the bat boat. So <clears throat> the film was uh, made at a time during the golden age, so it was kind of a parody. You know, it was like just like the show was kind of a parody. It was comedy, but it was also, I Camp. loved it. Yeah, it was very campy. And um, like there was bad everything. And this movie represented Batman's first foray into the Cold War because uh, they had the Polaris missiles and the war surplus submarines, which, uh, like, Batman lectures the guy for selling one to a penguin. He's like, selling war (laughs) surplus submarines to men of nefarious backing? Shame. And he's like, I'm sorry, Batman. Are you upset? And he, you know, do you remember that scene? Oh, yes. Uh... So the whole plot of it is they kidnap a Commodore Schmidlap and uh, take his, take his, but they have this uh, uh, backpack that will, they'll, they'll make anybody um, into dust. It's, uh, I forget the exact name of it. It is called the, the re- dehydration, it dehydrates and makes them dust. So they, they, uh, Penguin disguises himself as Commodore Schmidtlap and goes to the Batcave and wakes up and tries and pulls out his vials of henchmen and rehydrates the henchmen with the bat water. But it's it's the heavy bat water for some sort of um, <clears throat> the nuclear facility that he runs under Wayne Manor. It's, it's you, yeah, it's used to recharge the Batcave's atomic pile, <laughs> and uh, so the henchmen disappear into antimatter once struck so it does not work i just thought of something shouldn't there be a massive cloud over wayne manor at all times then if there's a nuclear reactor underneath the building yeah like, right where is he venting would, his steam all that steam yeah you'll be able to find the back I'm, I'm trying to poke holes in a movie where we just rehydrated men from dust right well also a show the, the atomic pile is in the show sure uh and also um I think the Batmobile ran on atomic batteries. <laughs> Remember? Yeah. Turbo, uh, atomic batteries, power, turbines to speed. Roger, mm-hmm. ready to move out. Sorry, I keep, I keep attempting my <laughs> Adam West. You're adorable. Oh, thank you. So I just picture little, I, little Ryan like just sitting there practicing. watching and reciting everything. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, of course. So the... Ultimately, the world underground goes and dehydrates the United World Organization Security Council, which is supposed to be like the UN. And uh, Batman uh, goes to like retrieve it, and Commodore Schmidtlap like accidentally knocks the vials and then sneezes, mixing them all together. So Batman and Robin construct an elaborate filter to separate the mingled dust. And, of course, Robin's like, Batman, would it be in the world's best interest for them to alter the dust samples so humans can no longer attempt to harm one another? You know, this is in the Cold War era, so. Batman says, they cannot do so. I can't can't even do it anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So they rehydrate the Security Council, and they're all restored alive and well, and they're still yelling at each other. But they're all, like, wearing each other's, like, different stereotypical mannerisms and clothings. Uh, like all mishmashed and mingled and Batman realizing that uh, 
they fucked up quietly just like climb out the window and peace <laughs> it was a very 1980s sitcom-esque yeah. exit out dun, 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 dun. and then they, they should just shrug at the camera a little shrug in yeah. the freeze frame but yeah that, I so we had this movie we rented it from Blockbuster and then we set up the two the old two VCR copy situation mm-hmm. And my brother and I, and even my sister, we'd rewatch this over and over and over and over. You know, whenever the 66 show wasn't on, which it was on all the fucking time, we'd watch the movie. And yeah, that's, uh, that was, that was that. Let's not forget that, uh, we have a submarine that is, that looks like, like a giant penguin with little flippers and all. So, Yeah. I mean, I don't you know, mentioned did, the submarine, but they did, uh, had to go did the penguin the buy it like that, or did he alter that afterwards? I thought I I would assume that penguin altered it, right? Because I wouldn't sell a penguin-looking submarine to a guy named P. Anguin. I know mean, Batman was already pissed at the guy, but if we found out he sold the one penguin-looking submarine to the guy named Penguin, unless it was like destined for like a local zoo that they were going to use it for, with like, torpedoes on board. <laughs> Maybe those torpedoes originally were written to say, "Come to the zoo." No, no, no. Those penguins. are the Polaris missiles. I'm talking about the torpedoes that oh, they fire at the boat, and then they use the oh, because right. remember they, they the magnetize oil. them to the buoy. Yeah, and they use the bat, the the uh, bat. What is it? The bat belt polarity reverser to blow the bombs up beforehand and then the dolphin jumps in the way the mighty porpoise and robin gives this whole soliloquy for the dolphin that jumped in the mm-hmm. way of the last torpedo that made them get away um, i want i wonder if he ever like mr river thoughts fire a torpedo what <laughs> second thoughts of his loadout like he's going there it's like all right i need batarangs <laughs> i need the polarity reverser and i have room for one more uh, maybe my travel size shark repellent bat spray. <laughs> now nah, you know what? Spork. I'm not gonna need it. Robin could always just do some acrobats and get it down to me. He was Dick Grayson after all, an acrobat. It. That is true. Uh, an I acrobat. Mean, I I after seeing that, I, w- I would love to have seen the Grayson family in their prime. Yeah, the magnificent Graysons, or whatever the fuck they're called. Anyway. Moving on to your first pick. I would like to remind people that this, again, was not pre-planned. Like, this was not because of Adam West. I pulled this four days, I think, before he died and yeah. sent it to you. Um, I, I mean, I'm, I'm talking about the 89 board game, but I knew you were talking about the movie, and you even said that the music from the movie and the soundtrack was awesome. Was great, so I'm yeah. like, the soundtrack. So I'm like, you know what? Let's and just figure, let's pull some very Batman esque fight music. So tell I us guess about I should have pulled the 89 theme, but this is more fun. Da, na, na, na. But do you remember the uh, the the board game that came out? Yeah, the I had it. Batman 89 board I, game? I had it. I don't remember if we ever played it with the rules, but we had it. Well, so I was in the same boat. Like, I liked it for, like, the art 
and the cut, like it looked cool. Right. Um, and yeah, I don't think we ever played it right. So I went back and I found like instruction manual online to read the rules. Oh, okay. And then I went on that, was it Board Game Geek or whatever? It's one of my numerous resources. We're not talking the Batman movie game. We're talking the one that has Batman like coming, like drawn as a comic book. It's it's basically the comic book game. Yeah, it's the comic book form. It's a purple box and he's busting through. It's very, um, with that little like, uh, like an outline of like what would be like the onomatopoeia kind of mm-hmm. uh, look to it, and uh, so I, I got I got the rules, and we were better off just going with our own rules. Yeah. So you would you would start in one of numerous like Wayne Enterprises and like the cemetery, and then you had to spin, which you know how these spinners worked on cheaper games like they'd maybe go like five spaces. If you're lucky, it would just you would flick it as hard as you can, and when you go, it would barely move. It wouldn't even come off like the number you were already on. And everyone was a different color Batman, right? Yes, yeah, and everyone wanted to be the black Batman. Yeah, right. Why, why or the would blue you one. Be a red Batman. This at this point, Kenner had not yet made every Batman action figure in all these colors. Right, Maybe it'll be coming soon. Soon. Um. So you would have to move all these spaces to get to. The uh, the Bat Cave. When you're in the Bat Cave, then you would draw a card with a villain on it. Okay. Then you had to then move to where that villain is. Okay. And then get back to the Bat Cave. Okay. Then what? Then you win. Oh. So, so it's... that's why I'm saying I don't know what how we played, but mm. however we did was definitely more fun hmm. than uh, how it was intended to. How it was intended to. Right. Um. But yeah, I just, it was, uh, I completely forgot all about this game until we started, I started digging up some Batman stuff and I just saw an image of it and I had to dig a little bit deeper. It, it is not a, a fond game of many people online when you read the reviews. <laughs> it gets like a three, it's like idiotic and not even a child should play this, but visually it's a cool looking game. Right. As far as the, the concept of, of the gameplay, um... It's not well thought out. No, it's, yeah, it's not didn't very really complex. Just, yeah, figure it yeah. So, well, that's Batman the game. I uh, guess we can move on to my next pick. Oh, you think darkness is your ally? You merely adopted the dark. I was born in it. Molded by it. I didn't see the light until I was already a man. By then, it was nothing to me but blinding. That was a scene from The Dark Knight Rises, where Bane fights Batman for the first time. Now, this was inspired by a comic book story published in the early 90s called Nightfall. Nightfall came out starting in 19, October 1993, around the same time as the death of Superman, but the, the two teams at DC had no idea each other was doing kind of like a, an end of an era superhero uh, story. So when um, line editor Denny O'Neill, who is a fantastic a Batman legend, if we're talking the, the Mount Rushmore Batman, Denny O'Neill's probably on there. He uh, and the Batman line writers, Chuck Dixon, who created Bane and the Venom drug, 
uh, Doug Monick and Alan Grant went to an author's summit over the weekend and they fleshed out the whole story and all the details. Came up with uh, Asriel, which was uh, (laughs) Jean-Paul Valley and his whole order of Dumas, like backstory. And they... They did, they did Nightfall, which was Bane coming to Gotham, and he wasn't, he didn't talk like this, like a kind of a, a British, Sean, a Sean Connery-ish sort of. He was, he was Spanish uh, from South America. Yeah, I thought he was like Colombian. Yeah. Something like that. And he started, he released every criminal in Blackgate and Arkham. And Batman was already sick, and he was trying to put all these criminals back, you know, in into into Blackgate and Arkham. And he, con- he, you know, it was tough on him. And John Paul Valley was helping, of course. Tim Tim Drake Robin was there because Jason. This was after Jason Todd was killed by the Joker, and uh, Dick Grayson was Nightwing. So uh, the the whole look of John Paul Valley's Azrael, you know, when he takes over the mantle, when after Bane and him fight, uh, Bane cracks Batman over his knees and makes him paraplegic, breaks his back. So th- th- he told, he he's, doesn't want, uh, obviously everyone, uh, the, the Dick, Dick Grayson's obviously the one who should take up the mantle. <coughs> but Bruce has like a father-son relationship with Dick. He doesn't want him doing that. So he lets Az- uh, John Paul Valley take it over. He starts becoming crazier and crazier and altering the suit. Now, the whole look of the Azrael suit was like a, a, like a mock of the violent heroes of the time, like, uh, like, like as if drawn by Rob Liefeld, the creator of like, Cable and uh, Deadpool, <laughs> you know, who have tiny feet, <laughs> big, huge muscles. So it was kind of like taking on that, and even the uh, spawn, for that matter, and the, the image, image books. So uh, he would go on, he'd get crazy, and then, of course, Bruce was fixed and took, retook the mantle. And, but uh, there's three parts to it, Nightfall, Night Quest, and Night Saga. So I believe we're the whole, all three parts. Yeah, it was one of those few where I had, like, pretty much the majority of the individual books like for me I, I loved comic books but it was well see at the time I just got into X-Men for me like mm-hmm. so I was buying tons of X-Men books and then yes I was buying the Superman books for Death of Superman and then this story came and I started buying see this was the first time since Crisis on Infinite Earth that all like the bat titles were telling the same story so mm-hmm. I you had to buy Robin you had to buy Nightwing you had to buy Detective. You had to buy... So I, you go every week instead of, you know, every month to get a Batman title. And you yeah. get sometimes two a week. So I remember there was this comic book store back by the movie theater I'd go to all the time, the Tillman 8, that had a... Uh, you know, that the guy would always be like, oh, we got... It's two this week, you know. It's, it's Rob, the story continues in Robin this week and Detective this week. And next week, it's Batman. Uh, so, yeah, there was... It was there was a, and next week it's you know there's Nightwing and there was, there was even Catwoman books that had part of the story in it. So yeah, I think for me it's like if you asked me to like take a panel out of any comic like and just from memory just attempt to draw it sketch it out rough it out the image of 
Bane breaking his back. Break like, you. Just, and then the onomatopoeia yeah, of the cracked. Yeah. Like over his knee. Like that is just burned into my head. Jim Amparo. Yep. He, uh, he drew that frame. And I believe that uh, Kelly Jones drew a lot of the cover artwork of John Paul. As Ar- Asriel, that whole Rob Liefeld Night Quest, Night Quest look, it was uh, it was a great uh, uh, run, mm-hmm. and that sure. uh, that comic book they're not worth a whole lot. You can get them because again, was, same same with Death of Superman, they were overselling them back then. Yeah, they were. so the Batman book I think it was four ninety seven where he actually breaks his back. The cover. They're in the Batcave. You see the penny behind him. You see the T-Rex behind him. Bane's like super fucking venomed out, muscular. And it's, uh, yeah, it's a great, Nightfall was a great storyline. And um, yeah, it went on to, I know people are divided over Bat, uh, The Dark Knight Rises, but I like it. And I don't understand how you can be divided over it. Some people just don't like it. Oh, okay. Why? Because they, they didn't like Batman running back and forth with a bomb. <laughs> Sometimes you just can't get rid of a bomb. <laughs> they just ripped it off. From... Yeah, stole that whole idea from him. <clears throat> anyway, what do you got coming for us next? I am the law. Drop your weapon. These blocks are under arrest. Dread. Dread is the law. I could have pulled a Carl Urban clip, but what's the fun in that? Yeah, it's got to be the sly with his helmet off. With his helmet off. Well, at this point, this was that seven minutes of the movie where he still had his helmet on. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, Do you remember the uh, Judge Dread uh, Batman uh, crossovers that they did? Of course. Alan Grant, who was part of the whole Nightfall storyline. Yeah. Before he went uh, to Jurassic Park. That's very true. How did he have the time? I guess when he was out in Badlands, just... Right, just you for, know. Nights alone with Ellie. Mm-hmm. Um, or being so, uh, in 95, they, they put out... There's a, a four-part crossover um, with uh, Judge Dredd and Batman. And it wasn't Judge Dredd versus Batman. It was just... Uh, Judge Dredd, Batman. They weren't in it. Gotham, right? They were in different um, time Well, there period. were a couple. There was... Um, they were in 20... There was Judgment what? on Gotham, Vendetta in Gotham, Die Laughing, and then this one in particular, uh, I only had one of these, and this one was the ultimate riddle, and this was the weird one, and some would also argue it was probably the weakest out of the four, but... Visually, it was awesome. Uh, Carl Critchlow mm-hmm. did the art for it. And then, yeah, Alan Grant and John Wagner, who created Judge Dredd, uh, did the writing on it. And uh, what, would ha- what happened was Riddler uh, came across his magical scepter and used it to transport um, Batman, Dredd, and a bunch of other uh, bad guys that you had never or again we'll hear of like uh mccarnos mandroid mm-hmm. 
uh, Gulag the Nulp, <laughs> Brutalax. Oh, Brutalax. Uh, uh, Yannick, who, uh, he was the only one that has any basis in the DC Universe. He's, uh, was it, Kund? Who? Like, uh, this one character, like his race. Oh, he's like an alien race. Is it the Kund? K-H-U-N-D. Hmm. Okay. Uh, Living Nightmare, who is like this, basically he's like Scarecrow, but with more magical, I guess. And Sorondos, which is like a lizard man, dragon monster person. So they're on this, in this prison universe, kind of like this alternate universe that the Riddler created. Mm -hmm. And he's going to play a game, kind of like the running man. Uh, and then he rolls to die, and now all eight of these guys have to compete, and seven of them have to kill one of the other. Like, the the one guy that gets picked. And guess who gets picked? Who? Batman. Of course. Yes, of course. Uh, so, as it turns out, this whole thing was a ruse for the Riddler to kill Batman. Hmm. I feel like he could have had a, found a... The Riddler, it's really not his M.O. So it's kind of odd on that point. Right. But, um, so Batman and Dredd meet up then, and they're like, look, we're not going to kill each other. And they have their differences as far as how justice is supposed to go, and I'm sure Dredd would love to lock Batman up for, uh, you know, being a vigilante and stuff because he's a man of the law. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, Batman, you know, tries to dispatch all these guys. He's not a man of the law. With, he is that? the law. He's not a man of the law. He is the he law. He is the law. Ooh, good, good catch. Uh, I'm sure that's a, a crime in uh, 2099 as well. Right. So. Um, that's the other thing. Yeah, there's no time here. It's just another... There's no reasoning for why Batman and Dredd know each other 100 years apart from each other. But Sure. Why regardless. Not? Uh, so, like, you know, Batman tries to dispatch all these... The multiverse. Yes, tries to dispatch all these guys, you know, non-lethally. And so, like, Brutalax, he's like this uh, Minotaur-looking dude, and he does his whole little batarang, ties him to the pole, and he's stuck there. And then Dredd, like, blows his kneecap out. Mm. And then, yeah, so him and Dredd get into it. So you have a couple back and forth like that, and eventually it comes down to Dredd and Batman with the Riddler there. And now... You know, the only way for Dredd to get out is to win the game, and, you know, he has to kill Batman. And then Riddler uses this magical scepter, which we will explain later, magically appeared to him for no reason whatsoever. Um, yes. Uses that to order Dredd to shoot Batman. Okay. Which he does. And then he shoots Batman right in the chest, and it ricochets off right in a Riddler's arm, knocks the scepter out of Riddler's arm, then Batman, poof, cold cocks Riddler. And then they get the scepter and like, well, how does this work? And he's like, well, if Riddler can do it, we can. And that's pretty much it. I, I am, am the law. law. <laughs> <laughs> how long are you trying to set that up? Just, it took me a few <laughs> seconds. Not long. I figured out the, how to get the effects on pretty quick now on this board. Uh, but yeah, and my, my favorite line in the, in, to show the difference between Batman and Dread, which is uh, Batman like com- compliments him. It's like, wow, ricochet bullet. Because, you know, Dread's gun, he has all kinds of different ammunition in it. Right. He's like, wow, clever idea. It's like, how did you figure out the tra- trajectory of that bullet to hit the Riddler? Blah, blah, blah. And Dredd, uh, Dread's like, uh, 
I was lucky. <laughs> yeah. Batman doesn't trust luck. No. No. So, yeah. That I mean, I I don't think if it wasn't for Nightfall and how successful it was, they would have let Alan Grant do that. But thank goodness they did. It was good. And they've done it more, right, in the future? They've crossed over Dread and Batman? Uh, that I couldn't tell you. Man, I thought they did. Maybe they didn't. I know but, they did. I, they did four back in '95. I can look into that. I will find you the answer. Okay. Well, let's move on to my next pick. It's here. Batman, the video game from Sunsoft for the Nintendo Entertainment System. have this for a Nintendo squeezer. I didn't, but the cool kid next door that I speak of so regularly had it, so I would be over there all the time to play this. Oh yeah, it was like, it took me, I, we had Batman for Commodore 64, and it was so convoluted, it had nothing to do with the movie, it was more a comic book base. And hard, like we, I didn't trust this game at first, but this game was fun. It was loosely based on the 1989 Batman movie, and uh, the NES game is probably the best, you know, of the bunch that came out to, like, be with the movie. And there's five levels culminating in a showdown with Joker in the bell tower of the Gotham Cathedral, just like the movie. Uh, Sunsoft also released a follow-up, Batman Return of the Joker, which was a good game. But this game has a feature that was unusual to side-scrolling games at the time, uh, largely to the NES itself. Unlike Sunsoft, Batman for the Genesis, Batman had the ability to, you know, wall jump. Just have you ever played Ninja Gaiden, of course, right? Oh, yes. Yeah. Well, we, I spoke of Ninja Gaiden. Yes. Oh, yeah, that's right. It was yes. one of your picks. So he was very, he could do like the Ryu wall, wall scale and jump. Mm -hmm. And he was also uh, able to, he had three projectiles, the Batarang disc, a bat spear gun, and then uh, the pellet cartridges. Uh, there was... A lot of DC comic villains in the movie. Deadshot's in it. KG Beast is in it. Uh, Maxi Zeus is in it. Heatwave's in it. Shakedown's in it. Night Slayer's in it. And the bosses in the game are Killer Moth, <laughs> a device known as Machine Intelligence System, the Electrocutioner, a machine known as a Dual Container Alarm, Firebug, and of course the Joker. And. I don't, I don't know. Did you, how, did you ever beat this game? No, I remember it just being hard as hell. Yeah, we had to beat, I, beat it with Game Genie. Yeah, I don't I don't know if it was hard or I was just really bad at it at the time. Um, but general consensus is it's a good game. Yeah, the gameplay was always interesting. And... Like, you could, you know, the five levels, it, it changed a lot. So it wasn't, like, the same over and over and over. Mm -hmm. uh, it was a fun game, and if you never played it, give this game a try. It came out in February of 1990, and I think we got it for our birthday. I'm not 100%. We already rented it a lot. But, yeah, it was, it was uh, great music, as you hear, playing underneath us. Uh, fun game. 
download. It's amazing. It's amazing what they used to be able to do with 8-bit right. audio, you know? So if you've never played this, uh, get it on an emulator. Go find if you have a Nintendo. Go find yourself the cartridge. Give it a run. I might and, put uh, this. I'm put this on my shopping list. I would put it on there. It's fun. Now, let's move on to Squeezer's, I believe, third pick. If you always wanted to get your hands on Batman, drop into McDonald's. Where Batman Returns is on a dramatic series of 32-ounce collector cups with fine, crispy bat disc lids straight from the movie. You can pick up a large drink in one of six superhero collector cups at a special price when you buy any extra value meal. Because what you want is what you get at McDonald's today. <laughs> the the Selena Kyle Catwoman moan at the end. Meow. Yeah. For uh, kids food well you know this movie uh, basically the mcdonald's promo is part of what got tim burton fired from the movies yes and it's what's responsible for giving us batman and robin and batman forever right so uh, they put out uh, happy meal toys for batman returns yes which we spoke about the toys we did you were talking about the the cars mm -hmm. in a previous show mm -hmm. well parents or outrage. I had some of these cups. My dad, we'd go through. I never ate the value meals. I had the happy meals, but my dad would get them for us. And then later I had the, did you have the Batman Forever glass cups? No, I was always, because you had to pay extra for those, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, we, that was a little, one. like, we had you, the two you'd buy one. a meal and then pay, like, $1.99 for the cup. Yeah, or 99 cents, yeah, something like that. Yeah. That's they were nice. That was really nice. Uh, so, did you have any of these? Yeah, oh yeah. With I the remember these. Lids? I want to look them up. Oh, they had frisbee. I lids. remember I had the I had the bag too because that was a very large drink soda. at the time. Yeah. And like you don't need that much soda, so you would get a small. Now I'm pretty sure they would be the equivalent of a small. Right. Um This is all pre uh Jurassic Park making um, the, gluttony. Yeah. Making the the, the super size. Dino size, then which turned into super size. Yeah, but parents complained. Uh, I guess it was too fun. Which it's funny because they they like they claim that like like the cars aren't directly from the movie. You know, they're cute little right. There was Batman no, things right. But the cups are they're movie scenes right. And they use like you even mentioned the Selena Kyle moan and you know the imagery from the movie so it's like it's not like they didn't know what they were doing and it's not like they pulled anything off the shelves they mcdonald's knew what they were doing yeah yeah and they, they carried all their marketing i, I don't see through September. what the i don't i don't recall the outrage when i was a kid my dad took me to see this movie they yeah, bought I me all these i was carrying around a fucking plastic penguin doll like yes. what I, we talked about it last week. I bought it at the the beach. Like I, we had this movie. I watched. So what? The penguin had a nefarious plot to kill the firstborn of every family in Gotham City, yes. and it was hypersexualized, uh, sadomasochist, dominatrix, cat. Which is partially responsible for my between that and Mortal Kombat is pretty much responsible for my development of weird fetish. Is. These Not were weird. cool. I mean, it was awesome. This movie was great. Everything was cool. I was, I was, what's when this came out? I was 10. I was fine. I was old enough yeah. for this movie. It was PG 13 or whatever. I mean, yeah, I don't remember anyone complaining. No. 
I'm like, either. yeah, I got yanked at a last action hero and out of the theater when I was a kid because it was too violent. Or maybe it was just because it was she thought it was a really bad movie and we just had to leave. But I was okay. Sorry, it's been a while since I mentioned the book Hit and Run about John (laughs) Peters and Peter Gruber. But yeah, that was one of their fucking dog shit movies. Uh, your last your last check came and it was only like five cents, so you wanted to get royalties. I need to get I need to start mentioning Hit and Run. Get it on Amazon, read about it. It's fascinating the story. Fascinating how these two fucks had careers, they still do. One of them owns the Warriors, Peter Gruber, part of the owner of the Warriors. Just won a fucking another NBA championship. Crazy, right? Crazy with the world we live in. But yeah, the Dove Foundation complained. What's the Dove like, Foundation? Oh, because uh, it was a, a Christian organization. Oh. They complained that it was too violent. The fucking Christians always a, complain. A, a group of people who, regardless, um, if you read your history books, you're a people that are responsible for the starving thousands of people and then filleting alive the three leaders of a heretical revolt in Germany. So you really don't have much to stand on when you say, you know, nah, I don't, think don't so. be violent. Right. It's a movie. Yeah. So and it's a Batman movie. And it's the, and in my opinion, it's still the best Batman movie. Okay. I, yeah, I don't want to get, we shouldn't, uh, that's going to hold debate right there, but right. I think dark Knight is, but I, Batman returns is up there. Okay. Yeah. Batman is it's my favorite of all the early ones. Mm-hmm. And it's definitely it's right up there with Dark Knight. So they just felt more they'll never be a better penguin in my in my opinion. Oh no. No. I don't think you can do it. No. But then again, for the longest time everyone said like Nicholson was like this awesome. He Joker. was awesome. And then yeah, Heath Ledger took a different spin on it and was fantastic. Yeah. yeah I, don't, I can't say the same about uh, Jared Leto, but we'll see. He really was given no time in that movie. But time will tell on him. Anyway, um, so I have an older brother. We've talked about it on this show, right? Multiple times. Yes. So older brothers were always rele- were relegated to being Luigi when playing Nintendo. You didn't get your first pick of the turtle when, you know, you played... Ninja Turtles, the arcade game. <laughs> what are, you, are you combing your hair? Yeah. Why? I have a comb. Have you ever seen me do this? No. It was just around. sitting here, and I'm very fidgety when I'm sitting still, so I need to you, play with this comb. You I get apologize. a fidget spinner that all the kids are playing with. This is actually for, uh, <laughs> yes. It's actually for cleaning paintbrushes. <laughs> okay, anyway, so. Probably paint my hair. Also, uh, my older brother always got to be Batman, and I was stuck with... Well, not stuck. I enjoyed it, but this was, this was my life. Holy barracuda! Holy ashtray! Holy smoke! Holy showcase! Holy haberdashery! Holy popcorn! Holy lodestone! Holy flypaper! Holy Kofax! Holy jack-in-the-box! Holy red herring! Holy stuffy! Holy ravioli! Holy serpentine! Holy grammar! Holy safari! Holy headlines! Holy iceberg! Holy blizzard! Holy schizophrenia! So there was eight minutes of that. I just cut down to twenty. <laughs> so I was, was always... the holy was holy red herring. That was from the movie, right? Yeah, yeah. That was when they found out that uh, Schmid, the penguin was Schmidlap. Yeah, thought, right. Something like that. Oh. So. <laughs> I was always I was always Robin. My mom 
went to this the one year one year we were gonna be Batman and Robin for Halloween. So my mom Aww. right. My mom had this like cardboard paper stock. It was like a thicker paper stock. And she made this Batman helmet for my brother out of it and spray painted it black. And she made him a cape with like that cutout, you know, that just like Batman. Then she went and made me a cape. She bought yellow fabric and then she cut like a sweatsuit and sewed like the R and the like the stripes in there and I had yellow sweatpants. I had like a little Robin costume. I have a picture of this up and I had the domino mask. I put it on Instagram. So I this I had this costume for Halloween, but this would go on to be my Robin costume for uh, probably a solid six months or so. I was Robin constantly. And even though my brother wouldn't want to, I would always try and get him to suit up and be Batman with me. And we could go fight crime. But I was pretty much Robin Solo. I should have just got a Nightwing costume at that point because I was always Robin Solo. But I, Robin, to me, as a kid, was, was my identity. And the R, I would always say, it was Ryan. <laughs> oh, I'm an idiot. I gave away my identity and my costume. <laughs> Or maybe everyone just thought you were a big fan of the Scarlet Letter. Yeah, that, that too. Wasn't that an A? Oh, yeah. Shit, what am I thinking of? <laughs> uh, it I wasn't Scarlet song. either. It was, it was a red like base, and then it was black with a, a yellow R. You know, Scarlet's red. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, what, did you ever play dress-up Batman, when you, or did you just imagine? Well, yeah, uh, but I uh, was You're the Batman. I didn't have anyone. Uh, wait, did you say I was Penguin? <laughs> no, I didn't say that. I wasn't always this way, all right? <laughs> like sometimes you, these genes stay repressed for a while, kind of like an allergy, and all of a sudden, boom, it pops in there. <laughs> or you find out in, in, in a fifth grade that the cafeteria you can just go to the snack bar there and just get a soft pretzel a bowl of potato soup and a lemonade every day for four years and a steady diet of that will uh yeah the only thing short of is the umbrella <laughs> you probably had the nefarious plots and the snarky attitude you just didn't oh that it. i did yeah we actually because we even tried to create our own selena kyle because there's this kid we called him cat boy tried to get him to eat cat food Jesus Christ. I'm sure they call that bullying now, but I mean, it was a friend of ours. I guess that kind of counts. Hmm. And they called me fat, so it's only fair. If you would have pushed this cat boy out of the window, would have the cats came and licked him back to life? Yeah, that was kind of weird, wasn't it? It was weird, but I was oddly turned on as a kid. Out of the pushing her out the window <laughs> or the cats licking her in an alleyway? Uh, the whole kitten caboodle yeah i need it all to really make it work for me did you say kitten caboodle yeah pun intended oh nice so uh now we just got really weird a weird tangent we talked about my love of robin or being robin and and then uh, this would also lead me to like fiercely track down the robin figure in the batman returns line who was based on uh, Tim Drake, the Tim Drake look. I was obsessed with that figure. But, and it was like almost a Chase fig variant. It wasn't released right away. So one It would have been really interesting to see Burton take on Robin. He was going to. 
they were going to do yeah. it. Yeah, and, and Batman Returns. And I think Marlon Wayans was cast. And then they, they, never, they never went through with it. They cut it for being too many characters. So that's that. And now let's move on to Squeezers. Uh, fifth pick. No, fourth pick. seems like a brooding song well this is what i was listening to back in 1997 so it's only suitable that okay. it be that what is this uh, ah i know that voice yeah the, the, the brooding voice of billy corgan of the smashing pumpkins the uh beginning is the end is the beginning right off of the soundtrack to batman and robin for as much as i may shit on that movie I, the soundtrack was pretty damn good. I had the soundtrack to Batman Forever. And that was my favorite. That had a U2's Hold Me, Kill Me, Kiss Me, Thrill Me, something like mm-hmm. that. Uh, what else was and, on the uh, soundtrack? Seal. Yeah, Kissed by Rose. Well. Which you thought was, I mean, that was huge. You thought uh, it was on that Batman and Robin soundtrack. Oh, uh, that was... I mean, that was in the last time we recorded this show and I got things mixed up, so you didn't have to bring it back up. But no, you did. That's fair. <laughs> um... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so this was even certified platinum. Was it? Um, yeah. For a movie soundtrack, it was pretty damn big. Uh, remember Jules' uh, uh, Foolish Games? Yeah. That was a pretty big song. That debuted on this album before it came out on her album. Huh. Yeah. Uh, and this was, it was actually, a, she did a two ver- like a radio version, so it cut a verse for this one. Um, but yeah, so the beginning is the end is the beginning is a slower version uh, of the end is the beginning is the end. Right. There can be some confusion there, which so was, which was uh, the, the which, first that was big single, single. Right, yeah. Say again? That was the single, right? The, the second that was one, the, the first single one? to come off of this. It was a much faster, uh, heavier version. They still even played that in concert right. uh, while they were still together. Uh, and then... Uh, Look into my eyes. Oh, Bone Thugs and Harmony. My favorite yeah. of this soundtrack is Gotham City by my namesake, R. Kelly. <laughs> R. Kelly. <laughs> uh, and then uh, Foolish Games. Mm-hmm. And then um, uh, Moaner by Underworld. I think that was like a synth track. Mm. Something like that. Uh, like dance, okay. uh, ravey, uh, glow sticky kind of things. Right. You ever eat a glow stick? I bit into one once. Mm, never ate one. They taste disgusting. Um, and then uh, Lazy Eye by uh, the Goo Goo Dolls. Okay. That, that was before uh, Iris. And then there are other hits after Iris. Iris 2, Iris 3, <laughs> and Iris 4. I like they Iris. They got a lot of action uh, God, in high school. I understand how that song was important to you. <laughs> um, and its usefulness. <laughs> In your that deception. whole soundtrack, City of Angels. There's no deception. Um, There's no deception, Squeezer. Making them think you're sweet. <laughs> and then... Uh, I am sweet. Yeah. Well, I see. I didn't have to worry about that. So I was actually... I was a big fan of Lazy Eye, and I liked the Goo Goo Dolls up until that 
fucking telescope song came out and everything sounded exactly the same. Anywho, but they also had uh, Revolution by R.E.M. Mm -hmm. uh, House on Fire by Arcana was on it. That's a good song. And then uh, uh, well, The Bug by Soul Coughing. I was a big Soul Coughing fan. The Batman Forever soundtrack. A little Super Bon Bon. Had Mazzy Star on it. That's right. And also The Offspring. And Nick Cave. And Method Man. It's the Riddler. Yes, well, it was uh, Warner Brothers. So it's kind of like... Anybody they went who's on the label. And just pulled rank. Right. And uh, it's kind of like, you know, there was a... Going back to uh, the, the Ultimate Riddle... There is a pan. There is a, a a page. I guess it would be a splash page technically, where the uh, living nightmare used his powers on Batman to like terrify him. Mm -hmm. And I think it's kind of a, a an homage to a scarecrow page. And it had like all of the vi the villains like hoarding over Batman, like kind of like sweeping him in. I ju I just picture like Warner Brothers as like the ultimate villain and just reaching their arms around and like hoarding all of these artists and using them for their evil plan yeah, well, which all, actually worked out they all got paid oh they still got paid yeah and it was great promotion too because a lot of these songs i think yeah singles I that would never foolish been singles. games went on to be the biggest but yes singles that would have never been singles unless they were on the soundtrack happened like gotham city by r kelly <laughs> <laughs> oh it was good soundtracks not good movies but good soundtracks good soundtracks we'll all give right. them that Let's go on to my last pick. The Arkham Asylum for the Criminally Insane. Following the recent nationwide economic crash... So that, this is a clip from the comic theater on Hollywood Babylon. Okay, all of a sudden, I just thought another podcast started playing in the middle of ours. <laughs> People got excited. It's like, ooh, something to ooh, listen to. a good to. podcast. No, where Kevin Smith and Ralph Garman would perform the books that Kevin wrote. Uh, Batman Cacophony and Batman Winding Gyre. Uh, there's supposed to be a third part, which Kevin keeps, keeps saying is coming, that him and Walt Flanagan are working on. Batman Bellis Bellicosity that's going to wrap this all up. And, and Cacophony introduced Onomatopoeia, the, the new um, villain. It was a turf war between Joker and Maxi Zeus. Maxi Zeus uses Joker's laughing gas, uh, his, uh, uh, the do Joker's trademark drug, and turns it into a designer drug that is like, it won't kill you, but you still get like, it's almost like ecstasy. You get the Rick this grin kind of, and it makes you really happy and laugh, but it doesn't, he like took the potency out of it like to kill you. So Joker's pissed because that drug was made to kill people. Uh, and Onomatopoeia uh, is a guy who dresses all in black and he does like, he makes this Onomatopoeia noises. So uh, when they were deciding to do this book, it was, they were, it was right before the new 52 launched. And the editors at the time were like, yeah, do whatever you want. This is, you know, go anywhere with this. So uh, Kevin Because they kind of, they knew that they were just going to wipe the slate clean. Yeah, the slate was going to so be clean. So it's just it. going to be like kind of a one-off. So Kevin went to Walt and he was like, what do you want? Like, who should we, who should we talk about? And, and he, Walt would just pitch Kevin, the, the villains he always wanted to draw. Uh, Mr. Mr. Zaz. Zaz? Yeah, who is a... Uh, crazy person 
who carves in people's every time he kills someone with his knife he carves like a line and then like a cross he was in Batman Begins in, in the trial scene um, then Cornelius Sturk who uh, makes people he's a hypnotist and, and then he, he makes people like really scared and then eats their hearts because he thinks they taste the best when he pulls them from people who are really scared so in, in this in this in Cacophony which was the first part uh I don't want to give it away, but at the end, uh, Joker gets shot by Onomatopoeia. And if Batman would have just let Joker die, he could have caught Onomatopoeia. But he doesn't. And uh, he saves him. And, and Commissioner Gordon's like, why didn't you just let him die? And uh, Batman's like, I can't. That'd go against everything you know, I stand for. He had even had to save the Joker. So then, and Winding Gyre is the better of the two series, in my opinion. Winding Gyre was really good. As ba- the name comes from the poem The Second Coming from William Butler Yeats. In this, he starts dating uh, Silver St. Cloud again. They, you know, she's kind of like the socialite in Gotham. And there's this really good scene where they keep going to the special island, and they... Uh, uh, Aquaman shows up and he's like, I heard, I heard moaning. I heard someone screaming. Is there something wrong here? And he was, is that you, Bruce? And he finds out. He's like, who are you here with? You know, they kind of allude that Batman was banging her so hard. Or I'm sorry, Bruce was banging her so hard. <laughs> he got, but earlier than that, uh, Batman's going to, to stop Poison Ivy, who is in a dispute with uh, Entragan the demon. So she turned Arkham Asylum into a fortress to protect herself. And a mass figure clad with a silver cape and a crossbow wearing the head of a goat, that wooden mask that looks like a goat. He's called Batfamite. Bat, Batfamite. Or Batfamite. B-A-P-H-O-M-E-T. Batfamite. Right? Batfamite. 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 It looks, it's based on a medieval... Uh, like sabbatic goat, you know what I mean? Yep. Um, yeah. yeah, I know who you're talking about. I, I every time I say it, I think of uh, Dragnet. Yes, exactly, exactly. Dragnet, the movie. Yes. So uh, Baphomet is helping Robin, and he's stopping uh, he's stopping a lot of crimes. And Batman's like, oh, maybe I don't need to be there every night. Maybe I can have a real life. Maybe, because he always said that until someone takes over the mantle, he can't have a regular life. So maybe he can't have a regular life with Silver St. Cloud. But first, he needs to discover more about this guy. So he follows him home just to, like, search up on him and realizes he's just a guy who lives at home with his, you know, his family. And uh, it's just, I guess, something happened where he, he, uh, he decided to become a, a, a superhero. And Robin uh, hangs out with... Uh, they, he always removes his mask and reveals his true identity around Robin and Batman. And then, you know, Robin's unsure about that. Batman's unsure. He doesn't like getting close to anybody. So he finally, like... like this, and this is what pissed a lot of people off about it. He's talking about a scene in year one where... Do you read Frank Miller's year one? Yes and no. Okay. Well, there's like, a, I know, yeah. There's I, a scene like, in year I've one. I've read everything about it, but yeah. it. 
there's a scene in year one where all the like the like the rich uh, um, crime lords of Gotham City are eating, and Batman with a huge explosion bro- blows the wall off and says, "You've all eaten long enough. Now it stops." I'm butchering the lines. So he says that um, the heat from the blast, he's telling Baphomet this, caused him to have a bladder spasm. And Baphomet starts laughing, saying, you pissed your pants. And a lot of people were pissed, like uh, Kevin Smith made Batman piss his pants. So (laughs) he finally starts to trust Baphomet more. And uh, him and Baphomet are uh, battling crime in the streets. And they break up a fight between Deadshot and Catwoman. And Catwoman, Catwoman's very jealous of Silver St. Cloud and the whole relationship. So she confesses that she set up the fight in order to draw out Batman. And Batman tells Catwoman that he's engaged now to Silver St. Cloud. And then a heartbroken Catwoman mm-hmm. disappears into the night. And then he reveals, um, uh, well, uh, they take down Calendar Man, return him to Arkham Asylum. And when this is done, Batman takes Bat- Baphomet back to the Batcave, which never happens. And he reveals his true identity as Bruce Wayne and introduces Baphomet to Silver St. Cloud. And Wayne removes his utility belt and places it on a table nearby, and it makes a unique clack-clack sound. And he hears someone behind him mimic the clack-clack sound. I'm just going to leave it at that. It's a cliffhanger. It's a cliffhanger in the book, too, but I'm leaving you with the cliffhanger. Read the books. They're available digitally. They published them all together. They were each three, three books. Uh, he claims he's working on bellicosity, which would be the, to wrap this all up. Uh, but I don't know when. I, th- I, I, I don't know if the script's done. I don't know if it's drawn. I don't know what, what it is, but I can't wait for it. And um, it's a good it's offshoot, Batman. I'm a fan of Kevin Smith's early work, too. So, you know, this was, this was pretty cool. So we got one more for you, right, Squeeze? One more. The Batmobile. <gasps> Adam West! Hey, kids, Batman! Dad, that's not the real Batman. Of course I'm Batman. See, here's a picture of me with Robin. Who the hell's Robin? Oh, I guess you're only familiar with the new Batman movies. Michelle Pfeiffer? <laughs> the only true Catwoman is Julie Newmar, Lee Merriweather, or Eartha Kitt. And I didn't need molded plastic to improve my physique. Pure West. And how come Batman doesn't dance anymore? Remember the bat to see? Nice meeting you. Just keep moving. Don't make eye contact. So. This might be one of my favorite episodes ever. It's uh, Mr. Plow, right? Mr. Plow. And it's, I mean, it, it sums up everything, too, about, like, at the time. I mean, this was huge when Batman was coming out. Like, this was 92? Yeah, this was 92, so season four. It's like Batman Returns had just done its thing. And, like, the line in there, it's like, you know. But for me, and you even said it, too, Adam West was your Batman. Right. And it wouldn't be the only time he was in The Simpsons. He actually would return one more time when he played a... Uh, what was the mayor's name in Family Guy? Oh, right. Mayor Adam West. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but he just played Adam... Yeah, he was Mayor Adam That's West. Right. Yeah. Oh, why am I trying <laughs> to think that he... Yeah. Um, when they did the crossover, too. Oh, right, yeah. 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 
But so originally I hadn't. This was on the short list, and then uh, what are you, you were trying to send me a note. I'm gonna bring it up. Oh, and call you out. What's Batman versus Two Face? Did you see the uh, Batman versus Two Face news? No. This just dropped in the last like 20 minutes while we were recording this. Apparently, before he died, Adam West had recorded the audio for another animated series, Batman versus Two Face. No way. Yes. So they're going to release it? Oh, and it's Bill Shatner was supposed to play Two-Face, and then he's doing it. He did the voice. That's freaking awesome. Yes. That is that's huge. Why, that's when I was, that's why if, when you're looking at me and I looked like I was kind of tuned out reading something, it's because I was just, this popped up and. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So I'll, I'll take, I'm a, I'm a fan of Adam West. I'm a fan of animated Adam West. Mm-hmm. And I will, I will still take post. So he left us one last gift post- before he passed. Man, posthumously, Adam West. Is that how it's? Yes. Okay, hey, I did it. Why do they? Why do they call it that? Because it's not very humorous. Mm, I don't know. Well, we said it all about Batman, and this was a, uh, it was co- oh, co- completely coincidental, but a great tribute to the wonderful Adam West. Uh, we could talk about this. Was only some things about man. We could do ten shows about. I'm Batman. sure we'll come back with more Batman. Right. We technically already talked about Batman action figures in the first. We talked talked Batman in almost every episode. I was gonna actually go back and just talk more Kenner, even if it was redundant. I mean, who doesn't want to just right talk S- Kenner? So, you know, we can go on forever. But do we know what we're talking about next week? I don't think we, don't think we threw some ideas that. out yeah. there. Is there anything you want to just throw out there that will then be committed to? <laughs> I, I don't think so. What, what was a good year? Should we do 93 yet? No, we haven't done 93. Should we do 93? Let's do 93. Next year, next week, we're talking about 1993. <laughs> said next year. Next year. But uh, that's all for Batman, and that's all for RK and Squeezer on this week's podcast. I'm RK. I'm Squeezer. You kids have a good one. Mm-hmm.